Chapter 9 The Midnight Duel Harry had never believed he would meet a boy he hated more than Dudley, but that was before he met Draco Malfoy. Still, first-year Gryffindors only had potions with the Slytherins, and so they didn't have to put up with Malfoy much. Or at least, they didn't until they spotted a notice pinned up in the Gryffindor common room that made them all groan. Flying lessons would be starting on Thursday, and Gryffindor and Slytherin would be learning together. Typical, said Harry darkly. Just what I always wanted, to make a fool of myself on a broomstick in front of Malfoy. He had been looking forward to learning to fly more than anything else. You don't know that you'll make a fool of yourself, said Ron reasonably. Anyway, I know Malfoy's always going on about how good he is at Quidditch, but I bet that's all talk. Malfoy certainly did talk about flying a lot. He complained loudly about first years never going to the house Quidditch teams and long-toed boastful stories that always seemed to end with him narrowly escaping muggles in helicopters. He wasn't the only one, though, though A.C. Miss Finnegan told it. He'd spent most of his childhood zooming around the countryside on his broomstick. Even Ron would tell anyone who'd listen about that time he'd almost hit a hang glider on Charlie's old broom. Everyone from wizarding families talked about Quidditch constantly. Ron had already had a big argument with Dean Thomas, who shared their dormitory about soccer. Ron couldn't see what exciting about a game with only one ball where no one was allowed to fly. Harry had caught Ron prodding Dean's poster of the West Ham soccer team, trying to make the players move. Neville had never been on a broomstick in his life because his grandmother had never let him near one. Privately, Harry felt she'd had a good reason because Neville managed to have an extraordinary number of accidents, even with both feet on the ground. At breakfast on Thursday, she... Oh... Hermione Granger was almost as nervous about flying as Neville. This was something you couldn't learn by heart out of a book. Not that she hadn't tried. At breakfast on Thursday, she bored them all stupid with flying tips she'd gotten out of a library on a book called Quidditch Through the Ages. Neville was hanging on to her every word despite for anything, desperate for anything that might help her hang on to his broomstick later. But everybody else was very pleased when Hermione's lecture was interrupted by the arrival of the mail. Harry hadn't had a single letter since Hagrid's note, something that Malfoy had been quick to notice, of course. Malfoy's eagle owl was always bringing him packages of sweets from home, which he opened gloatingly at the Slytherin table. He opened it ex a barn of owl, Neville bought Neville a small package from his grandmother. He opened it excitedly and showed them a glass ball the size of a large marble, which seemed to be full of white smoke. It's a remember brawl, he explained. Grand knows I forget things. This tells you if there's something you've forgotten to do. Look, you hold it right like this, and if it turns red, oh, his face fell because the remember brawl had suddenly grew scarlet. You've forgotten something. Neville was trying to remember what he'd forgotten when Draco Malfoy, who was passing the Gryffindor table, snatched the remember brawl out of his hand. 
Harry and Ron jumped to their feet. They were half hoping for a reason to fight Malfoy, but Professor McGonagall, who could spot trouble quicker than any teacher in the school, was there in a flash. What's going on? Malfoy's got my remember brawl, Professor. Scowling, Malfoy quickly dropped the remember brawl back on the table. Just looking, he said, and he sloped away with Crabbe and Goyle behind him. At thirty. At 3.30 that afternoon, Harry, Ron, and the other Gryffindors hurried down the front steps onto the grounds for their first flying lessons. It was a clear, breezy day, and the grass rippled under their feet as they marched down the sloping lawns toward the smooth, flat lawn on the opposite side of the grounds to the forbidden forest, whose trees were swaying darkly in the distance. The Slytherins were already there. At 3.30 that afternoon, Harry, Ron, and other Gryffindors hurried down the front steps on the grounds for their first flying lesson. It was a clear, breezy day, and the grass rippled under their feet as they marched down the sloping lawns toward the smooth, flat lawn on the opposite side of the grounds to the Forbidden Forest whose trees were swaying darkly in the distance. The Slytherins were already there, and so were twenty broomsticks lying in neat lines on the ground. Harry had heard Fred and George Weasley complain about the school brooms, saying that some of them started to vibrate if he flew too high, or always flew slightly to the left. Their teacher, Madame Hooch, arrived. She almost... She had short gray and yellow eyes like a hawk. Well, what are you waiting for? She barked. Everyone, stand by a broomstick. Come on, hurry up. Harry glanced down at his broom. It was old and some of the twigs stuck out at odd angles. Stick out your right hand over your broom, called Madame Hooch. Up at the front and say up. Up, everyone shouted. Harry's broom jumped into his hand at once but it was one of the few that did. Hermione Grangers had simply rolled over on the ground, and Neville hadn't moved at all. Perhaps a broom, like horses, could tell when you were afraid, thought Harry. There was a quiver in Neville's voice that she, that said only too clearly that he wanted to keep his feet on the ground. Madame Hooch then showed them how to mount their brooms and walked up and down the rows, correcting their grips. Harry and Ron were delighted when she told Malfoy he'd been doing it wrong for years. Now, when I blow my whistle, you kick off from the ground. Hard, said Madame Hooch. Keep your broom steady. Rise a few feet and then come straight back by leaning forward slightly. On my whistle now. Three, two, but Neville, nervous and jumpy and frightened of being left on the ground, pushed off hard before the whistle had touched Madame Hooch's lip. Come back, boy, she shouted. But Neville was rising straight up like a cork shot out of a bottle. Twelve feet, twenty feet. Harry saw his scared white face look down at the ground, falling away, saw him gasp, slip, slip sideways off the broom, and wham! A thad and a nasty crack, and Neville lays face down on the grass in a heap. His broomstick was still rising higher and higher, and started to drift lazily toward the forbidden forest and out of sight. Madame Hooch was bending over Neville, her
her face as white as his. Broken wrist, Harry heard her mutter. Come on, boy, it's all right. Up you get. She turned to the rest of the class. None of you is to move while I take the boy to the hospital wing. You leave those brooms where they are, or you'll be out of Hogwarts before any of you can say Quidditch. Come on, dear. Neville, his face tears streaked, clutching his wrist, hobbled off with Madame Hooch, who had her arm, her arm around her. No sooner were they out of their earshot than Malfoy burst into laughter. Did you see his face, that great lump? The other Slytherins joined in. Shut up, Malfoy, snapped Parvati Patel. Ooh, sticking up for Longbottom, said Pansy Parkinson, a hard-faced Slytherin girl. Never thought you'd like a fat little crybaby, Parvati. Look, said Malfoy, darting forward and snatching something out of the grass. It's that stupid thing that Longbottom's cran sent him. The remember brawl glittered in the sun as he held it up. Give that here, Malfoy, said Harry quietly. Everyone stopped talking to watch. Malfoy smiled nastily. I think I'll leave it somewhere for Longbottom to find. How about up a tree? Give it here, Harry yelled, but Malfoy had leapt onto his broomstick and taken off. He hadn't been lying, he could fly well. Hovering level with the topmost branches of an oak, he called, Come in and get it, Harry! Harry grabbed his broom. No, shouted Hermione Granger. Madam Hooch told us not to move. You'll get us all in trouble. Harry ignored her. Blood was pounding in his ears. He mounted the broom and kicked hard the gr against the ground and up up he soared air rushed through his air and his robes whipped out behind him and in a rush of fierce joy he realized he'd found something this was easy this was wonderful he pulled his broomstick up a little to take it even higher and heard screams and gasp of girls back on the ground and admiring whoop from ron he turned his broomstick sharply to face malfoy in midair Malfoy looked stunned. Give it here, Harry called, or I'll knock you off that broom. Oh, yeah, said Malfoy, trying to sneer, but looking worried. Harry knew somehow what to do. He leaned forward and grasped the broom tightly in both hands, and it shot toward Malfoy like a javelin. Malfoy only just got out of the way in time. Harry made a sharp about face and held the broom steadily. A few people below were clapping. No, Crab and Goyle up here to save your neck, Malfoy, Harry called. The same thought seemed to have struck Malfoy. Catch it if you can, then, he shouted, and he threw the glass ball high into the air and streaked back toward the ground. Harry saw as though in slow motion the ball rise up in the air and then start to fall. He leaned forward and pointed his broom handle down. Next second, he was gathering speed in a steep dive, racing the ball. Wind whistled in his ears, mingled with screams of people watching. He stretched out his hand. A foot from the ground, he caught it, just in time to pull his broom straight, and he toppled gently onto the grass with a remember brawl clutch safely in his fist. Harry Potter! His heart sank faster than he'd just dived. Professor McGonagall was running toward them. He got to his feet, trembling. Never in my time at Hogwarts. Professor McGonagall was almost speechless with shock, and her glasses flashed furiously. How dare you? You might have broken your neck. 
It wasn't his fault, Professor. Be quiet, Miss Patel, but Malfoy. That's enough, Mr. Weasley. Potter, follow me now. He caught a sight of Malfoy, Crabbe and Goyle's triumphant faces as he left, walking numbly in Professor McGonagall's wake as she strode toward the castle. He was going to be expelled. He just knew it. He wanted to say something to defend himself, but there seemed to be something wrong with his voice. Professor McGonagall was sweeping along without even looking at him. He had to jog to keep up. Now he'd done it. He hadn't even lasted two weeks. He'd be packing his bags in ten minutes. What would the Dursley say when he turned up on their doorstep? Up the front steps, up the marble staircase inside, and Professor McGonagall didn't say a word to him. She wrenched open doors and marched along the corridors with Harry trotting miserably behind her. Maybe she was taking him to Dumbledore. He thought of Hagrid, expelled but allowed to stay on as a gamekeeper. Perhaps he could be Hagrid's assistant. His stomach twisted as he imagined it, watching Ron and the others becoming wizards while he stomped around the grounds, carrying Hagrid's bag. Professor McGonagall stopped outside a classroom. She opened the door and poked her head inside. Excuse me, Professor Flitwick, could I borrow wood for a moment? Wood, thought Harry, bewildered. Was a wood a cane she had she was going to use on him? But Wood turned out to be a person, a burly fifth year boy who came out of Flitwick's class looking confused. Follow me, you two, said Professor McGonagall, and they march up on the corridor, Wood looking curiously at Harry. In here. Professor McGonagall pointed them into a classroom that was empty except for Peeves, who was busy writing rude words on the blackboard. Out, Peeves, she barked. Peeves threw a chalk into a bin, which clanged loudly, and he swooped out cursing. Professor McGonagall slammed the door behind him and turned to face the two boys. Potter, this is Oliver Wood. Wood, I've found you a seeker. Wood's expression changed from puzzlement to delight. Are you serious, Professor? Absolutely, said Professor McGonagall. The boy's a natural. I've never seen anything like it. Was that your first time on a broomstick, Potter? Harry nodded silently. He didn't have a clue what was going on, but he didn't seem to be being expelled, and some of the feelings started to come back to his legs. He caught that thing in his hand after a 50-foot dive, Professor McGonagall told Wood. Didn't even scratch himself. Charlie Weasley couldn't have done it. Wood was now looking as though all his dreams had come through at once.